You are listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy, and sponsored by the award-winning novel, The Beloved Daughter. Visit alanaterry.com beloved to listen to this gripping audiobook about a Christian girl in North Korea. And now, enjoy today's episode of Unabridged, the Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 35 Leading Pip back toward the lobby, Kimmy heard her sister's abrasive giggle even before she stepped into the waiting room. What was Meg doing? Didn't she know how rude it was to talk that loudly on the phone in a public area? Except that Meg wasn't on the phone. Her sister stood and smiled brilliantly when Kimmy stepped forward. So, Meg said, drumming her perfectly shaped long fingernails on Taylor's shoulder, you're back. Did the doctor give you the answers you wanted? Kimmy fought back an unjustified wave of jealousy when she saw her sister with Taylor. Pips got strep. She shot a haughty glance at Meg. Poor little guy. Taylor reached out and ran his fingers gently through Pip's hair. Well, you ready to go? Meg adjusted the strap of her handbag and glanced at the clock hanging above the pharmacy window. No, Kimmy answered. I've got to wait for Pip's medicine. Meg sat back down next to Taylor and bumped her shoulder against his. I guess it's a busy day at the pharmacy then, isn't it? I'm waiting to get a prescription filled too, he explained. He patted the empty chair next to him. Have a seat. Kimmy held up the piece of paper Tabitha had given her. I think I need to drop this off first. She would never admit it in front of her sister, but she was glad someone was here who knew how to use a pharmacy. She found herself wondering what kind of medicine someone as strong and apparently healthy as Taylor needed, and fought down another surge of jealousy as she realized that her sister was so nosy that it was probably the very first question she'd asked him. Taylor showed her where to drop off Pip's prescription, and then she sat down next to him, waiting. Hadn't Meg said she wanted to make phone calls from the car? So, her sister crowed in her obnoxious sing-song voice that was far too loud, Taylor and I have been talking all about the East Coast. Oh, yeah? Kimmy asked. You have family there or something? Meg let out a giggle. That's where he's from, silly. At least she didn't revert back to her favorite childhood taunt by adding, don't you remember? But her tone and the expression on her face said the exact same thing. I worked on a police force in Massachusetts, but the suburbs felt claustrophobic. That's why you moved to Alaska? Kimmy asked. Meg nudged him again. That wasn't the only reason. She batted her eyes as if fleas were threatening to land on her eyeballs. Taylor looked pensive. Well, that was one of the reasons. Kimmy waited for more, hating to imagine there were things about Taylor's life her sister knew that she didn't. She might have asked him for further details, but a woman in a lab coat called his name and he stood up to walk to the counter. What kind of medicine do you think he's on? Meg whispered as soon as his back was turned. Meg wasn't talking nearly as quietly as she probably thought, but as humiliating as her question was, Kimmy was simultaneously grateful to learn that Taylor hadn't told her sister everything. 
Holding a paper bag with a receipt stapled to the top, Taylor gave a little wave. It was nice running into you, he said, and this time Kimmy was certain all his attention was focused on Meg. It was just like her sister to monopolize the spotlight, just like she always had. Meg wiggled her fingers in a playful goodbye, but Kimmy grimaced at the sound of her sister's fake fingernails clanking against each other. She watched Taylor step toward the exit, still wondering what he had in his paper bag. See you tonight, she mumbled. As soon as he was out of the lobby, Meg elbowed her in the side. You're lucky I'm married or I would totally be all over that. Kimmy rolled her eyes. With as shamelessly as Meg acted, nobody would suspect she was married if it weren't for that huge rock on her left hand. You really should try to find out what kind of pills he's on, Meg whispered. Kimmy crossed her arms and waited for Pip's medicine. Chapter 36 Oh my goodness, Meg squealed as she slid her trim and athletic frame behind the steering wheel. I still can't get over how cute that trooper is. Did you see those shoulders of his? And he knows how to dress the part, too. Alaska Casual looks really good on a man that sculpted. Kimmy buckled Pip in the back and wondered if now was the right time to remind Meg about her husband in Anchorage. Sitting down in the passenger side, Kimmy sighed. The PA, unfriendly as she'd been, had ordered antibiotics that should help Pip feel better by the end of the day. He needed one dose now and another at bedtime, but since Kimmy didn't want to do anything to upset his stomach, she decided to wait until he'd had some breakfast. Meg made a quick stop to Puck's grocery store, and while Kimmy was waiting for her sister, she turned around to glance at Pip. You hanging in there, Buster? Pip refused to look at her. What was wrong? Did he miss Mom? Was he mad at her for not paying attention to him now that Meg was here, hogging all the conversation? She still had that brochure from the P.A., along with Tabitha's stinging words, shrinking window of opportunity. She shouldn't feel guilty. It wasn't like Chuck was a reasonable kind of father who would permit his son to get regular therapy, especially since he assumed Pip was stupid and wasn't worth teaching anyway. The problem was that Kimmy hadn't even tried she should have at least done what she could to change Chuck's mind. She should have died trying. Now, even if Pip started receiving intervention services once they got settled in Anchorage, he might never catch up to where he would have been. She thought back over every interaction with her stepfather, every terrible hungover morning and late drunken evening. There must have been some point in time when she could have brought it up. Either that, or she could have convinced Mom to leave him. Meg managed to change Mom's mind, however surprising it was to think about. Strange that Kimmy and her sister had talked about naturopaths and the immune system and Meg's obsession over Taylor, but they hadn't even talked about what evidence Meg had to show the troopers that Mom was planning to leave. The evidence that proved Chuck's guilt. She hated thinking about him, hated the way that even his memory made her skittish. She locked the car doors, then felt like a baby. 
Did she really think Chuck would come here and hurt her or Pip in broad daylight in the middle of a grocery store parking lot? The truth was, she did, and she was scared. She turned around in her seat. You're being such a good traveling buddy. Pip looked tired, and she hoped that after he got a little bit of breakfast and his first dose of medicine, he'd nap for most of the trip. He had a lot of sleep to catch up on. She also hoped Meg wasn't going to spend the entire drive to Anchorage lecturing her on the deplorable evils of antibiotics. But it would be just like her, Meg who had never had a kid because she refused to ruin her figure. Meg came back to the car carrying groceries loose in her arms. Did they run out of bags? Kimmy asked. Her sister shook her head. No, but I never use plastic, and I didn't bring my cloth shopping bag in with me. Kimmy didn't respond. I got him some yogurt, Meg said. Does he like yogurt? Kimmy found herself wishing that Meg would ask Pip herself, but instead just answered, He likes it. She took the container from her sister and popped open the door of the back seat. You hungry, buddy? Pip reached out for the yogurt, a good sign. Got a spoon? Kimmy asked. I knew I forgot something, Meg exclaimed. I'll go back in. I need a drink, too. While she waited, Kimmy pulled the antibiotics out of the paper bag she'd gotten at the pharmacy. All right, Buster, let's get you healthy again. She shook the bottle, and Pip eyed her warily as she filled the syringe with the chalky white liquid. Kimmy studied her brother strapped into his toddler seat and decided she'd need to better angle herself. She stepped out of her seat, then opened the back door of the car, trying to find the position that would get her closest to her brother while still offering the most protection from his feet and fists if he refused the medicine. This is going to make you feel lots better. She heard the trepidation in her own voice and prayed Pip wouldn't throw a fit. She glanced up at his tight lips and knew she was in for a battle. Please, Pip, just take this little bit for me, okay? Her voice turned whiny, but not even her pleading could convince her brother to open his mouth for the syringe. She lowered herself closer, getting kneed in the chest a few times, until she managed to use her body weight to pin his legs against the seat. He gave a loud shriek in protest. Please, just take the medicine, she begged. A woman walked by, and Kimmy wished the car door was shut. The last thing she needed was for some stranger to assume she was abusing her brother and call the troopers. Trying to shush his shouts, she reached out with one hand to try to keep Pip's arms from flailing and held the syringe with her other. Pip's limbs were secured, but he squirmed so much it took all her focus just to keep him pinned down without hurting him. She wanted to yell even louder than he was, but that would only intensify Pip's reaction. He thrashed his head from side to side, colliding with Kimmy's nose. Ouch! she roared. Tears of frustration threatened to spill out of her eyes. Just take the stupid medicine! She shoved the syringe into his clamped lips, unsure how much of the liquid was actually going in his mouth and how much had sprayed out over them both. She was breathing heavily when she released his arms and legs. 
The woman who'd passed her earlier was standing on the sidewalk glaring at them. Kimmy lowered her gaze. She wanted to find a way to explain, to let this stranger know she would never intentionally hurt her brother. But he needed the medicine if he was going to get better, even if his screams made it sound like she was trying to murder him. She pictured herself forced to repeat the same routine twice a day for a whole week. Why couldn't Pip understand she was trying to help? Kimmy smoothed her hair into place, gave the nosy woman what she hoped was a friendly wave, and got back into her seat. Meg arrived back at the car, bouncy and breathless. Got the spoon? She tossed it to the back seat, and Kimmy had to turn around one more time to help Pip open his yogurt container and eat his breakfast. Does he like that flavor? Meg asked. Yeah, thank you. Well, I figured that since he's going on antibiotics, she spoke the word as if it were a medieval curse, we may as well try to build up his digestive tract with as many probiotics as possible. I got him a kombucha, too. Does he drink those? I've never heard of it. Meg shrugged. Well, it's super good for you, but you might want to check. It could be slightly alcoholic. Hmm, didn't think about that. I guess maybe you shouldn't give it to him after all. Do you drink coffee? She handed Kimmy a steaming Kaladi Brothers cup, which she grabbed gratefully. Here's some creamers. Meg tossed a few packets into Kimmy's lap. I have no idea how you take it. She spoke the words spitefully, as if it were Kimmy's fault Meg was never around. They pulled out of the driveway, and Meg checked the time. Hmm, I think I probably better cancel that hair appointment after all. Siri, call Denise. Kimmy crossed her arms while Meg held a conversation with her cell phone and then with her stylist. Wasn't Meg going to take care of that at the clinic? Oh well, 90% of what Meg did, Kimmy would never understand. Like how she could stand to live with a man whose only ambition was to sell houses and have the most bleached blonde hair and darkest tan in Anchorage. Or how she'd finally convinced Mom to find the courage to leave Chuck. Once they got back on the glen, Kimmy turned around in her seat, checking every so often until Pip fell asleep. After his eyes closed, she waited a little longer just to be sure, then faced her sister. All right, she said. I want to hear about Mom, and I want you to tell me everything. You've been listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry. Today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by The Beloved Daughter Audiobook, available exclusively on Audible. Visit alanaterry.com beloved to download The Beloved Daughter Audiobook, narrated by two-time Audi Award winner Kathy Garber. If you're new to Audible, you can listen to this award-winning novel right away with a no-risk 30-day free trial when you go to alanaterry.com beloved. And don't forget to tune in soon for the next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Thanks for listening.